This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon Junior. The villain, Marty Scow. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the busted wide open. 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 Busted wide open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody to BWO Live, coming to you from Twitch. Episode number 259 of Busted Wide Open. My name is Nick Howell. And pretty sure Randy Orton does not use baby oil on his body. He just secretes a special sort of evil grease from his pores. I, I say this by way of announcing I'm filing for patent on a new kind of car engine lubricant. Instead of Valvoline, try Viperline. Comes in conventional motor oil or synthetic. Harvested from Randy on the nights he's eaten too much processed foods the day before. Randy, call me. My name is Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the Busted Wide Open podcast. That's right. We're here to talk about wrestling. Pro wrestling. In that fact. was Shakespearean, Sir Ian Dangerous. Thank, thank you, sir. <laughs> My kingdom falls. Welcome to the Busted Wide Open podcast. We have to talk about Monday Night Raw, which went on last night. The Fallout episode from Payback. And, of course, we've got some other things to discuss as well. Impact is on right now. I'll tell you what happened, what's happening on Impact because I've got the preview for tonight, which is ironic because it's going on right now. But if you missed it, you can watch it later. Also, NXT is going on right now. So thank you for joining us here live on Twitch. You chose us among all those you things. Really that's awesome. like you really like us. We appreciate it very, very much. But we do have to talk about New Japan as well because some big stuff went on at Summer Struggle last week. And we finally get to talk about that because there's been, there's been so much else to talk about the last few days. Yeah. Good grief. We're catching up, Nick. But we do need to catch up on some housekeeping before we can get into the main show. So why don't you handle that and we'll do our business. Yes, uh, this is going to be a bit of an Iron Man match myself. So, yeah, get ready for, for that match tonight on NST. And, yes, as Hurry and Danger said, thank you guys for choosing us, for, mm. for joining us, all of you that are here live in the chat. Thank you so much for that. Uh, head over to BWOPodcast.com to find all of these links or right here on Twitch. You can find them down on the panels below the big blue square rectangle thingamajigs that are down there. Yes. You can find all these links. Uh, get into our Discord uh, at, at BWOPodcast on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook discussion group, Facebook page, all that kind of stuff. And make sure you're subscribed over at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open to get access to BWO Daily, our daily news show. We do every Monday through Friday all throughout the week to keep you up to speed on what's happening in the world of graps. Uh, and lastly, mm. thank you to all of our patrons for all of your contributions to the show. Uh, we do have annual subscriptions available now for a discount if you if that is something that you would be interested in if you're if you're a ride or die with BWO you know maybe mm. you can save a little bit of coin 
uh, by doing it annually. So head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Get access to a whole back catalog of bonus episodes and content. You can get uh, access to the show notes for every single episode. Ask questions for our weekly patron mailbag show that we do every Saturday. Uh, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. And I'm so grateful that, that Nick, you also have a very nice uh, diction to the way that you speak. You like to pronounce mm. everything mm. so that you actually were able to get the U in there on annually so that people weren't subscribing to us in any other kind of way. Yeah. No, I don't want to be subscribed to that way. No. No. no none of us do. No. no. Well, maybe some of us do. And you uh, know what? No judgment. You know what? If that's your thing, to each their own. Uh, I'm yeah, just not Absolutely. Not just not, not on our show. Well, there we go, guys. Let's kick over and get things started with Monday Night Raw. Well, on Monday Night Raw, we didn't waste any time after payback. We went right into figuring out who was facing Drew McIntyre next. Clash of Champions is coming up on September 27th. We need to know who the number one contender is. So, by I can't God. can't do any more pay-per-views. We found out. We got a month. You got like a month left. It's September, everybody. By the way, it's September, everybody. It's fall. That means we're getting close to Halloween. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's right. The real most wonderful time of the year. And it's also the time of the year we have to figure out who's facing Drew McIntyre. Because that's what we're talking about here on this show. So, we had... Three qualifier matches this week on Raw, and the winners of those matches would go on to be in a triple threat match at the climax of the show, and the winner of that triple threat would then face Randy Orton at Survivor Series. So we didn't waste any time. We kicked off with a Randy Orton promo at the top of the show, him complaining about how he's entitled to the title match because he's the guy who gave a hairline jaw fracture to Drew McIntyre last week when he punted him three times. So he deserves the title, but he'll... He deserves it, but he'll jump through the hoops. It's okay. I'll play I'm your little game. It. I'll play your little game, you rogue. And I'll, I'll, I'll do what you need me to do. But before he could complete his promo, he was interrupted by a little something, Nick. You got a little something lined up there? I do. For he is limitless. Out came Keith Lee, no longer wearing... The Broly slash Darth Man outfit that he had. Left. By the way, we did we did sorry Darth Mar. Uh, we did find out it wasn't actually a, a Umbaku reference. It was actually Darth Mar he was referencing with his hoodie. I still and, don't know uh, what that Broly. is. Uh, it's Knights of the Old Republic. He's a freaking nerd, and I love it. <laughs> so Keith Lee comes out. Oh, bask in his glory, and then the generic the generic music is still there. Yeah, you know, just it's create it's create a wrestler music. Da, I mean, they might as they might as well. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. No, that's Brock Lesnar. But yes, they, they might as well play like the creator wrestler. It's, it's creator, they might as well play Third Eye Blind. It's so generic. You know what I mean? Actually, I, I, I stop. I take it back. Third Eye Blind would be better. Imagine if it went, oh, bask in his glory. And all of a sudden, do, 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 do. It could be great. Yeah. I want something else to get me through this limitless kind of life. What? Baby, baby. Yeah, uh, yeah right. Yeah. I'm not listening when you say, Keith Lee. <laughs> I'm telling you, that should be his, anyway, that should be his theme. But he came out to tell Randy Orton, no, I beat you last night. You bastard my glory. You don't get a free pass. You got to jump through the hoops like every other one of us because I am, oh, before he was able to finish his sentence, Dolph Ziggler attacked him from behind because Keith and Dolph had a, one of those qualifier matches and Dolph decided to get a jump on the big man. 
And that was how it all kicked off. That was a pretty, pretty good kickoff for the show, I got to say. That's all right. You know what's also a good kickoff for us is Brad Shepard, our good Brad Shepard. Not, not ringside news Brad Shepard. Good Brad Shepard gifted a tier one sub to Ed, oh. Free, Ed Fries. Is that a fl- brand of, of French fries? Ed Fries 2002? Ed Fries, make sure you thank Sheppy. Good Brad Shepard for your gifted sub. Thank you, Brad. Very nice of you. Yeah, that's awesome, man. But, uh, but anyway, so we were talking about Keith Lee versus Dolph Ziggler. And uh, that was a, basically a match where I think Dolph Ziggler backstage was told, hey, you're a really good seller. Go out there and make Keith Lee look amazing. Right. <laughs> because that's what this was. It, was. it was like a hyena attacking an elephant. It right. was basically just Dolph Ziggler trying to take down Keith Lee and having some success. Hit him with a zigzag, hit him with a famouser, all the rest. But Keith Lee just kept kicking out. And at one time kicking out so hard, Dolph almost went out of the ring. Keith pounced him almost out of the entire building. It's like at, at the end point. of Jurassic Park when the velociraptors come out and they try to attack the T-Rex and it's, he's just like, yeah. nope. <laughs> right. Only it's one velociraptor and the T-Rex is just like, right. um, no. Splat. <laughs> Splat. So one spirit bomb later and uh, Dolph Ziggler goes bye-bye. Keith Lee's moving on to the next round. We also had uh, Randy Orton uh, was, was seen mysteriously exiting from Aleister Black's room backstage. And uh, when Randy had his match against Kevin Owens, before Kevin could get into the ring, Aleister Black came out, beat up Kevin Owens, Black masked him, and then tossed him into the ring before dramatically bowing at Randy Orton. Uh, one interesting thing I noticed about Aleister, Nick, I don't know if you saw this, but he's got the, um, the bandage, like the, the solid snake solid bandage snake, over yeah. one eye. Now. But it, like, there's like some like, little black makeup stuff that's coming out of it. It's interesting i'm curious where they're going with this hopefully it's better than a mechanical spider but i'm, I'm yes. curious what they have uh planned for that but anyway kevin owens very very groggy very woozy he gets tossed into the ring and uh randy orton's kind of happy about this obviously oh no kevin what you gonna do and kevin owens still selling the black mass striking out sort of haplessly but ends up landing a massive chop on randy orton's chest which randy did not appreciate, so he gave him an RKO. And one, two, three, Kevin Owens is out of the running, and Randy Orton moves on without having to do much more than take a chop. So then we had the third well, hang on. qualifier. Hang on. I feel like we uh, need to uh, talk uh, about something there, if, I, if you don't mind me interjecting. I don't mind at all. I My first thought when I saw Aleister Black come kicking Kevin Owens giving him a black mass, beating him down, and then Owens still trying to get in and, and fight Randy and basically just blindly swinging and eating an RKO. And I just went, how is that a good look for either of those guys? Well, frankly, I think it's a good look for Aleister Black because the black mass knocked Kevin Owens silly. Kevin Owens looks good because he's able to still get in the ring and wants to fight, and the ref's like, all right, dude, fine. And Kevin Owens at least gets a shot off before getting RKO'd, I felt like it made Alistair look lethal still. It made Kevin Owens look like a fighter, and it made Randy Orton look like a mastermind. Mm. So it worked well for me. We know we're heading into an Alistair Black and Kevin Owens feud, and frankly, that's a feud that I am a little bit nervous about, only because both, both those guys probably need the win in that feud. So yep. I'm, I, it's going to have to be a feud where they both make each other look good through the middle of it, I and agree. the outcome is irrelevant. I agree. But I'm excited to see it. I think they'd, I think they'd have a great feud. But... Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't mind this at all. I thought this was, a, you know, the, the story that they were telling with all of these segments, I thought was great. Keith Lee is a powerhouse. Um, he had his, you know, we've gotten him through his gatekeeper match. Everyone called up, has to have a Dolph Ziggler match. He had it. Cool. This was one of, this is one where actually Dolph 
you know, made Keith look really good. So good, excellent. Randy Orton looks like an evil mastermind and sicked Alistair Black on Kevin Mowens. Cool, good. And then we had the third match, which was Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. Oh, wait. Mm. Not Rey Mysterio. Even though that was advertised, Rey tore his tricep sometime over the weekend, either at Payback or thereafter. And legit, by the way. It was a legit injury. Uh, and he, while, by the way, just about the injury... It's not like Edge where it's completely torn off the bone. He's out for eight months. It's apparently not going to need surgery. He just needs rest. So about two months is the estimate for how long Ray is out. So not bad. Yeah. But long enough that we can probably leave this feud behind us because at this point, it seems like even God is getting bored of this, of this feud and he's ready for it to stop. So he just kind of went, Ray, no, just boom, tricep, just sit on the sidelines for a while. Stop this feud. Yeah. Bink. But we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we're hey, done. Hey, Kyle Boing. threw 100 bits in real quick, said, I think oh, one thing you. is quickly becoming clear. Kevin Owens is going to NXT in the draft. Now, that's an interesting prospect. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, but I, it's interesting. It's possible. If Aleister Black takes him out on the main roster before the draft, it could be. And then Aleister looks really good going forward because he took out Kevin Owens right. on Kevin's way out. Kevin puts him over on the way out. Then, then, then yes, that's a possibility. Um, or I could see him sticking around and having this feud go for a while. Mm. Either way, um, I, th- I think Kevin Owens would be better off in NXT. I just remember the War Games pop last year. Oh yeah. But uh, and I think they would they would probably do a better job of of selling what he's selling. Other than you know the I mean? Seth heel turn, they never did really pay that off, did they? There's really they seem to have lost their way with Kevin Owens. Yeah. They seem to have lost like. You know, the idea this between he was almost going in like a stone cold Steve Austin direction there for a while is like the the average guy like, hey, he's a guy you want to have a burger with. And he, but he does a stone cold stunner, but he's a scrappy guy like as a face. I mean, yeah, they kind of lost their way with it. And now he's just kind of there mm. and they use him for his mic skills and they use him for his amicable demeanor, but they don't really use him as like a killer prize fighter, which is. I think supposed to be his gimmick. It's what he always has been, right? So it's going back weird. to he's Kevin Steen, and you know, yeah, I'm, he's in limbo. If he went to NXT, I wouldn't be mad. I just don't see that being like a given. I'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah. I, I hope you're right, yeah. frankly, but I don't, I don't, I don't see it being a hundred percent given. True. Uh, so we ended up getting Seth Rollins versus Dominic Mysterio again in a one-on-one match. Nobody Murphy, no, no. Seth Rollins sent him off packing like a scalded dog before the match. He was still mad at Murphy for costing him the match on Sunday. And so he told him he didn't want to see him. He didn't want to hear from him. Swatted him in the back of the head as Murphy walked away. Very curious where that is leading. If Murphy just takes the punishment and he's back to normal next week. Or if he turns on Seth at some point. And if so, what plans they have for Murphy. Because that guy, in my opinion, Nick, and I want to know yours as well. I feel like Murphy could be a great baby face. Mm -hmm. I feel like he could be a good upper mid Carter. The dude, I just think back to him winning the cruiserweight championship in Australia. The guy knows how to main event and that wasn't even the main event, but he knows how to go out there and put on a show. I would love to see. I was waiting for Murphy to turn around and hit him back and we did get, and I'm glad they didn't, but Mm -hmm. when he got to the top of the ramp, he turned around and looked at him confused with his hands on his hips. And that's always a really good indicator of, Oh boy. Like he was thinking about it, but before he could think about it, Dominic came out, hit him from behind. 
ran out of the ring, and we had the match, which was Dominic looking like he's been doing this for his whole life, which he probably has. Yeah. He probably has, uh, showing off those Guerrero genetics. I mean, I mean Mysterio genetics. Right. And um, really, show, I mean, frog splash. But the problem was, Daddy's frog splash didn't work. Excuse me. Uncle's frog splash didn't right, work. Excuse right. me. You know what I mean. Yeah. Eddie's frog splash didn't work. Missed Seth entirely. And uh, Seth ends up giving Dominic a stomp for the one, two, three. Cackles his way all the way into the main event of this show. Which, of course, now, as we know, Keith Lee versus Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. Which, ooh, that's, that's just, mm, that's a... That's delicious. Yes. That's delicious. I'll right have there. some of that, please. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll, I'll put that on the buffet. I'll come back for seconds and thirds. Right. Uh, and sure enough, it was a really fun main event. It was, it was Seth and Randy kind of on-off teaming up against Keith Lee. They couldn't decide if they were on the same page or not, always waiting for the other one to betray them, and then sometimes betraying each other. So that was a lot of fun. Keith Lee essentially just trying to stay alive against these two top evil heels. They're like... I mean, I'm trying to think what what they're like in terms of evil. You know, it's 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 like how in Mortal Kombat you thought that uh, Shang Tsung was the big evil, and then you meet Shao Kahn, and he's even like more evil. Seth's like kind of like Shang Tsung, and then Randy's kind of like Shao Kahn. You know what I mean? It's like one's evil, but one's like really evil. Okay, and a little bit more powerful. Just go with me. Go I, with me. It's a wonderful I world. I absolutely of agree with you. I understand exactly what you're saying. Thank you. Nick. <laughs> Appreciate that. So ultimately, we've got uh, <laughs> Shang Tsung and Shao Kahn against Keith Lee, who's I, I, I don't even know what you would call him. He's he's Keith Lee, but uh, they this was actually I was a, it was it was everything you wanted in this match. Um, the one thing Nick that I noticed about this match, like in all of the chaos, was Keith Lee did the rising up on the guy in the corner spot. And we've seen it a bunch in NXT, and they always manage to capture it perfectly, whether it's Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. Someone's in the corner, they're preparing to do something, and just up from the ropes out of nowhere, like Godzilla, looming over them, casting his shadow over them, is Keith Lee, and he's pissed off. Yeah. And then he just, and he just manhandles them. Well, he did that spot on Seth Rollins in this match, but you wouldn't know it because the main roster, like with everyone else who comes up from NXT, doesn't seem to comprehend that part of the presentation is in the art of... Showing them on camera. The moment. At the right time. That moment. And they missed the moment entirely. I think they were like, I don't know, a drone shot on the other side of the ring. We saw it from a distance where he rose up on Seth Rollins and it was completely missed. Camera guy was out of position. Director didn't cut to the right angle. Just whatever it was, uh, it just completely missed it. So hopefully that's something else, much like Keith Lee's music, uh, that they work on and fix. But I, I, again, no complaints about how they've been booking Keith Lee on the main roster, Nick. None. For, no, it's been like a week. Two weeks, I it's guess. Been, and he's been a monster. And he was a monster in this match, too. He did not win this match, though, Nick. No. But he very easily came, he came pretty close. He had Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins went for the stomp. Keith Lee countered it into a spirit bomb. Seth got bombed halfway across the ring before Randy Orton snuck in, hit Keith Lee with an RKO. Keith Lee rolls out of the ring, trips Randy Orton in the process. Randy, so slick and so smooth, forward somersaults over Keith Lee as he's tripping into a pin on Seth. One, two, three. Randy Orton's going to face Drew McIntyre at Clash of Champions, which, okay, that made logical sense, cool. And everyone, I thought, was fairly well protected. Seth ate 
one of the new most powerful finishers in WWE and the spirit bomb. Keith Lee's protected because he didn't eat the pin. And Randy, and this is a little bit of storytelling, Nick. If this was if this was New Japan, we would have said this was great storytelling. And I, I'm gonna call it out when it happens in WWE. Yeah. Even though I think it was arbitrary, I think it says something that Randy didn't try to pin Keith Lee. We didn't have Keith Lee have to kick out of the RKO at this point. We had Keith Lee roll out of the way, and Randy went for the spirit for the for the pin on the spirit bombed Seth Rollins which shows that Randy's not confident his RKO can take down Keith Lee. But after feeling the spirit bomb, he's pretty sure Seth's done. So in that moment, Randy decided to pin Seth. Good stuff. That's good stuff. Really good stuff. That's very good stuff. And it wasn't harped on by the announcers. They didn't make a big deal. It was just a little storytelling note. And it's, it's, it's easy to look at this and go, yeah, foregone conclusion, Randy getting another shot at, at the title. I had a, a little bug in the back of my head going all the work Seth's done this year too I could totally see them sending Seth up here if Keith got one over on Randy to have yeah. that go off on its own thing give Seth a, a shot at at this now that they're wrapping up the Dominic Ray thing let Seth go fight Drew for the title well, what's interesting that is, would have been an Keith, interesting twist I yeah think. and I wonder where where Seth will fit into this now if he's still going to be a part of this main event scene now that he's moving on past Ray, we hope, uh, or if it's just going to be Keith Lee and Randy and Drew in some kind of little three-way dance. Mm. Like, will, will Seth play a role? Because, honestly, the four of those guys dancing, you know, just kind of changing dance partners in the main event picture, give me that. Put that in my eye holes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, please. Mm. Mm. So that was that was our main angle of the show, and it's a it was a really good one. Yeah, it was. Everything had stakes. Everything had meaning. We had other feuds fed by it. We had results that led to possible other other feuds and other matches in the future. Just good all around. Good all around. Stormwaves in the chat said they should change the name of the Spirit Bomb to Limit Break. I would be okay with that, Ooh. but I'm kind of emotionally attached to the Spirit Bomb. I'm attached to it because I'm a DBZ fan as well, but Limit Break's really good too. I mean, maybe he could have another, another move called. I mean, maybe you change the Big Bang Catastrophe to Limit Break because it's gotten so controversial. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, people like Bruce Mitchell are making a big deal out of, out of how the initials are BBC, and they spent too much time on, on Urban Dictionary and found out what that means. Right. So, yeah, maybe you, maybe you change uh, the Big Bang Catastrophe to Limit Break. Sildozer with the Twitch Prime sub. Thank you very much, Sildozer. Thank you, man. Welcome to yeah. the stream. Uh, Kyle with another 100 bits in there said, uh, the question is what now with Keith? What do we do while we wait for Randy to claim the title and have Keith basically pursue Randy like he pursued Adam Cole? Yeah, and that's where I was coming from. Like This would have been a prime opportunity to have Seth uh, get, sneak one over here. Maybe Murphy comes out and helps him because his triple threat rules something. And have Randy and Keith go off for a little bit and have their own thing after the payback finish. Meanwhile, you have Seth going out. Maybe Dominic still comes out and messes with Seth for the next three weeks while he he, sa he threatens him, says, I'm going to take your title opportunity away from you. Stuff like that. Oh, you can write this. Where's my Nick booking emojis? Come on, guys. Oh, Lord. Right. So I, I agree with you, Kyle. That's why I'm saying all of that. Now what with Keith? Because Randy's, yeah. got, Randy's got a job for the next three weeks. That's going to be chasing Drew, well, but Drew McIntyre. Drew is, yeah, but Drew is out and injured. We don't know if Drew's going to be able to defend his title at the end of September. So now it's time for Seth and, and Randy to maybe to put over Keith Lee and make him show everyone he's a main eventer. Yeah. Maybe that's the plan. Yeah. You know, so... 
I, I'm curious too. I, I, like I said, they they set themselves up with a lot here, um, so it's it's all going to be entertaining to see what happens next. And as we said, we love what they're doing with Keith Lee. It's one of those guys that he's getting pushed to the moon. He's getting shoved down our throats. He's getting made to look strong, and I don't mind it. No, I don't mind it at all. I love it. Yeah, love it. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of things, the Hurt Business continued its feud with the unlikely trifecta of Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, and Apollo Crews. I guess not that unlikely, seeing as they've all been feuding with each other forever. Various iterations. Don't know where Mustafa Ali is. Oh, actually, we do. He's on main event facing Ricochet for some unknown reason. Oh, uh, my boy! What have you done to my boy? Yeah. <laughs> look, look how they massacred my boy. Right. But here we are. Cedric Alexander starts off getting some help from Viking Raiders in a triple uh, three-on-three tag match against the Hurt Business, including newly U.S. newly crowned U.S. champion Bobby Lashley. And this actually ends with Cedric Alexander using the tights to pin MVP. It was a fun match. Lots of hard-hitting, great spots, as you'd expect from all these guys, big hard hitters. But it ended up Cedric pinning MVP. And MVP afterwards, a Hurt Business wanted to jump Cedric, and he holds him back. He's like, no, 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 no. Right, you, you know what? All right, fair enough. You got me. Fair enough. Let's go, boys. Good job, Cedric. Cool. But he wasn't cool because later on we saw the Hurt Business beating up Cedric Alexander right. backstage and getting chased off by Ricochet and Apollo Crews, who stood over their buddy's body. And they all met up later on in Raw Underground a three-on-three scuffle that Hurt Business actually stood tall on, laid out Ricochet, Apollo, and Cedric, laid them out, dead bodies in the ring, in the whatever you want to call it, on the mat, in the, in the ropeless ring. And that was, that was how this angle ended. So, Nick... I do like how MVP here was holding them back. I, I like that, that moment. really, really clever uh, because it leaves you asking, is there a chance Cedric could still come join? And it, but it not makes after me, the rest of it, though, with him, not, with him not, getting not, down right and not, left. Not after later, no. And that's the question here, because here's the thing. The Hurt Business is a fantastic faction. Fantastic. These guys look legit. They feel legit. MVP is just murdering it on the mic. Um, talked to, you know, he had a VIP lounge before the match with Cedric and Viking Raiders, where once again he was fire. Talking about Lashley. Lashley was really good, too. They're presenting him really well. They're presenting him as an absolute monster. And it's great. And Shelton is even getting a little bit of shine here, too. He's finally getting on TV. So all around, Hurt Business is great. That being said, individually, Apollo Crews, Ricochet, and Cedric are all awesome. They're all awesome. They're amazing. But next to the Hurt Business, they look like boys next to men. Yeah, They just do, just visually. And they're not being presented as boys who can take out the men. The men are taking out the boys here. Even though Apollo is, is, is giving us the line that, oh, old me would have been mad about losing my title. New me wants another shot. Well, you wanted another shot, and you got beat down. So I'm not sure what the theory is here. If Ricochet and Cedric and Apollo are being used to make Hurt Business look like a serious threat, like, like putting them over in a sense, or if this is going to become a story about the baby faces coming back against Hurt Business, which right now I don't see. It, Cedric turning and joining is written on the wall. I just feel like they're dragging it out for whatever reason. I feel like Cedric's going to turn, and it's going to be one of those redemption arcs where he feels like he made a mistake and he goes back and has to fight Ricochet to earn his – all that stuff. I feel like it's going to be one – it just feels like it's the writing's on the wall. They're doing too much Does for it? it to not deliver 
in the end. I almost feel like someone else should swerve and turn heel. You know what I mean? Like Apollo has showed some little heely tendencies. Maybe he turns heel. Uh, Ricochet has no character whatsoever right now. Turn him heel. Make him interesting. Yeah. Ali, who knows what he's doing? You know, he's off somewhere else. Make him heel. Get him on TV. Have him do something. I don't know. Right now, it doesn't, it doesn't click for me, and I don't see the way they've presented Cedric. You know, even having him backstage where you had uh, Demi, what a Burnett, Barnett, whatever the hell. the Demi D. Vapid, whatever, the, the vapid chick from the Bachelor right. show. She was back there flirting with Ivar. And uh, she said, oh, Cedric, I've heard you're so nice. He's like, oh, I'm a stand-up guy. You know, he's being presented in this very, very wholesome way. And like he's standing up against MVP, it would make very little sense. Not that that's ever stopped them, but it would make, of all of them, he's the one that at this point I think makes the least sense to turn. I like Apollo. I like Apollo in a if you can't beat him, join him kind of way. Yeah. Um, that when when he lost it to Lashley uh, Sunday, there was that moment when he was going back up the ramp, and I went, he could just turn around and go, you know what, you guys are right. I want to join. Or yeah. Or there's. I mean, he has. He's shown that he's got that ambition. He's got the drive, the fire, or whatever. And if MVP says, "Cool, you know what, you you got the fire, join me. I'll get you some title shots." It's almost like a Roderick maybe. Strong undisputed era kind of situation. Maybe, yeah, maybe. right, right, exactly, right. You know, the, the, the crack in the good guy's armor, and yep. that's where the evil gets in. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yep. So I, yeah, now, and the question then becomes, who's going to end up facing for the U.S. title? Is this going to be a three-on-three thing for a while? How does this, how does this land? Mm. So I'm, I'm very curious where they're going with this. This week was a little disheartening because I didn't feel they should have the baby faces get beaten down that much. But if they're Going somewhere with it, I'm willing to let them to hear them out because what's being done with the hurt business in general has been so good. So I'm willing to hear them out on this. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm loving what they're doing with the hurt business. Now they got them all in uniforms in a, in a way, um, same yeah. colors. They all look cohesive, right? It looks fantastic. I'm really yeah, enjoying does. this. Yeah. yeah. So, and I like the. Oh, also, thank God. They changed the name of Lashley's uh, full Nelson from the full Lashley to the Hurt Lock. Oh, yeah. Mm. Much better. Much, much you, better. You, you never go full Lashley. Never go full Lashley, no. ever. No. I mean, I, sometimes. I mean, Lana did, oh. and look where it got her. <laughs> look where it got both of them. Right. I guess Lashley turned out okay. Well, Lana was on the show, too, but we'll get to her in a second because we got to talk about another women's match, the Riot Squad versus the Iconics. I know, I know. <laughs> We've seen this match before, but this time it's different. But wait, there's but more. Wait, this time with a twist. Yeah. What a twist. And what a twist it was because it was the Riot Squad versus the Iconics with the winner getting a shot at the Raw Tag Team titles. Excuse me, the women's tag team titles, newly won by Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler. And the loser had to break up. The tag team had to disband. Where did which, this come from and why? It really came out of nowhere fast, didn't it? I, did, I didn't hear anything about it until the top of the show the first time they mentioned the card yep. that they were going to have the match. And I was like, wait, what? what? Why? 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 And there's a lot of whys. There's, I mean, there's the one easy explanation, and that is that Vince is very high on Peyton Royce, wants to push her as a single star. Okay. And as, as you can probably guess from that, the Iconics lost here. Oh, yeah. And they, had to bro they, they were forced to break up and threw a absolutely wonderful tantrum after the after the match but that's literally your only legitimate woman's tag team 
every other women's tag. I mean, the Riot Squad, I guess, technically now is officially a, a, a real women's tag team, too. But everyone else is single stars, right, that you put together. And you don't exactly have a huge women's tag division. So why break up one of them? Uh, the only Especially thing I can think so is, that, is that they, they don't want to renew a contract with Billy. Billy wants to go back to Australia. I, I don't know. Or, or like you said, Vince is just being selfish and he, be wants, he wants Peyton to just have the, the singles run. All I know is Billy got beat down later on on Raw Underground. She showed up there. Uh, the two of the four horsewomen were there, Marina Shafir and the other one who yeah. I will only describe as saying, when you ask your mom for pumpkin head, she says we got pumpkin head at home, and that's the other one. Um, so she actually ended up, they both ended up beating up uh, Billy Kay when Peyton threw her into the Raw Underground ring, which seems really mean after breaking up the tag team. Right. Just really mean. That's just but, mean, uh, man. That's just mean, man. So Billy Kay gets laid out, and one has to wonder, is it time for Billy Kay to go blonde? Oh, come on. I'm just wondering, if she wants a push, uh, you know, she could stay She could stay with the black hair and be a comedy jobber. I mean, Sonya Deville was ready to shave her head. Just to get... To just to, <laughs> notice me, daddy. Yes. Notice, <laughs> notice me. Notice me, senpai. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so breaking up the Iconics is a bold move. But the thing is, it does make a little bit more sense in the context of the women's division on Raw. And so I want to pause that right there when we talk about Peyton going solo and just talk really quickly about the women's tag team division, both teams of it, <laughs> the Riot Squad, which now has, has the number one contendership. Right. And they'll, they'll be hitting against Shayna and Nia, who were seen backstage still squabbling. Right. Until Asuka showed up and was like, what's up, guys? And they were like, what are you doing? This is our interview. We're the ones with titles. And Asuka just screams at them both, including what I believe she said is, I'll kill both of you idiots. Which, mm, mwah, love it. It did come up in I, Discord. Somebody was hoping you were there uh, so that you could say, tell them what Asuka said. I think it was Jonathan Malo. Was I was asking pretty about sure she's... Oh, so here's the thing about Asuka and her Japanese. Even Shins, like her Osaka accent is so thick. Even Shinsuke Nakamura has said, man, sometimes I can't even understand what she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm pretty sure she said that. I even went to my translate on my phone and tried to like capture what she was saying in my phone. And it was like, yeah, I got no idea yeah. too. Well, if Shinsuke so, Nakamura's doing it, what's Google Translate going to do? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping in this one instance maybe it could help me, but I'm pretty sure she said I'll kill both you idiots. Wow. But I can't be sure because, man, that's an accent. Um, Kyle threw another 100 bits great. in real quick, said, like, seriously, what has Vince developed against using tag teams to build single stars? It's like Kofi got over through New Day, so now no over tag team can win anything. Iconics, heavy machinery, etc. cetera. We, we, uh, we have like six different tag team breakup angles with teams that never have gotten over completely. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy Machinery is on SmackDown. You wouldn't know they were a tag team because they haven't been in the tag team division in months. Raw, the tag team division, is basically you know juggling Viking Raiders, doing silly stuff with Street Profits, and Street Profits doing stupid poison angles with, Andra with Andrade and Angel Garza. That's the Raw tag division. Yes, you have the Hurt Business, which technically could be a tag team. Yes, you had Seth and Murphy, which technically could be a tag team. Yes, you had Ricochet and Cedric, uh, who technically are a tag team. But you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. No. But we'll get to the tag team division. Oh, Lord, we'll get to the tag team division. We're just talking about the women's tag team right now and the fact that Riot Squad is probably going to be fed 
to Shayna and Nia because there's no way they're losing to the Riot Squad. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. So, but after the Riot Squad, then who? Are Shayna and Nia heels then because the Riot Squad are faces? I'm very cute. I'm, I'm so confused about what they're doing. I, I don't even know if they know. No, I have this. no idea. I, but, I do uh, think there is an opportunity there for the Riot Squad to potentially get one over on Nia, put her in some kind of crazy submission hold or something like that, and get her to tap out. What? Yeah. And the Riot Squad, squad could win. Take off your tinfoil hat, man. Hey, you know. Nick booking. Nick booking everybody. Right, Nick. because we believe Shayna and Nia is a long-term tag team. They're going to be long-term enough to play off of the odd couple aspect of it, yes. Ugh. I think Absolutely. It, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's disgusting what they're doing to Shayna Baszler. You know? What are you talking about? They gave her one of the coolest finishers. They, they let her do one of the coolest finishers ever and choke out, choke out Bailey with Sasha's arm on Sunday. They made her look like an absolute monster. And that's what they were talking about is who was more badass between the two of them. And that's a, I think they, they've built them to be a scary team. And if you have the Riot Squad who look like a couple of little girls who, you know, are dressing up like punks, uh, going up against them, I, I think it just, it, if you put the four of them in the ring together, it's going to look like why would Shayna and Nia not win unless there was some sort of miscommunication, right? right? right. But they're going to play off the odd couple nature because it's, it's, it's fun. Right, Vince is amused by it. <laughs> Shayna and Nia, they look funny together. Let's put them together. Yeah, she's really big and she's really small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. She's really big and she looks like someone from the Adams family. <laughs> but speaking of the women's division, we mentioned Peyton Royce possibly going solo. That's because the only people that are there, the only women that are there that seem to be challenging Asuka, because Asuka came to the ring shortly after that segment and she was asked, hey, you want you want to challenge? Who's who are you challenging? She's like, I don't care. I've beaten everybody. Who's ne who's next? I don't care who's next. I'm ready for him. And out came Mickey James. Mm, said, really? I've been a six time women's champion. You ready for me? And Oscar kind of went, maybe I am. But before we could get to that, out came Lana and Natalia to say, oh my God, Mickey, she's over the hill. You wouldn't know. <laughs> do their little influencer, Valley Girl, Mean Girl. Shtick. And Lana's in gear for the Lana's first time. In gear. Long, I can't remember the last time I saw her in ring gear. Well, she wasn't just in ring gear, Nick. She also had a match against Mickey James right after this, which is probably why she was in ring gear. Right. Uh, and the idea being that, you know, who's going to be the next to challenge Asuka? Kind of, it, it wasn't a number one contenders match, but it was hinted at. But of course, as you would expect, short match. Mick kick, down goes Lana, one, two, three. That being said, Nick, I, I got to say, I, we haven't seen her work long matches at all. I think Lana might be underrated. This she she sold well in this. Her facials were good. I I was actually I thought she was fine. She was totally serviceable. Okay. I'm not gonna say she's not she's not Oscar. She's not Mickey James, but she's totally serviceable. Sure. She gets she gets crapped on for being a bad wrestler a lot. I don't know. I just want to throw my two cents in on that. Better or worse than Natty? Oh, Natty's way better. Okay. But I think but I mean that's just technically. Yeah. But but here's the thing. Lana, Mickey, Natty, those are your three women that you have going for Asuka? When you had Shayna saying, I got next, but you put her in a tag team with Nia, which now, looking back, seems like it was very rushed over the last week or two. Right. So now we're left with Asuka versus those three, or possibly Peyton Royce. It was literally might... on the pre-show of the pay-per-view that you had 24 hours beforehand. Shayna yeah. coming out to say, I got next to the Raw Women's Championship. Or was that SummerSlam? 
It might have been the week before. I can't remember if it was it payback was, it or was SummerSlam. The, it was the Raw before SummerSlam. She said, I got okay, so, okay. And so then this things, yeah, things yeah, yeah, devolved yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. quickly from there. Sorry. Forget what I said. That's okay. But the, the, the point is, is that is Peyton Royce being broken up? Is the, are the Iconics being broken up because Vince wants to push Peyton against Asuka? Yes, I think so. Because that's, that's my suspicion as well. Mickey, I feel bad because I really would love to see Mickey get another run with the Women's Championship somewhere. Give her that seventh. You know what I mean? I got excited like, like because I, I agree. I, I, I got excited when I heard about this tag team breakup because, ooh, Peyton. Ooh, Asuka. Ooh, where's Nikki Cross? Ooh, Ruby Wright's still here. <gasps> it's like NXT women's division from three years ago. Oh, my God. This is, this is awesome. Let's Yes, all on the main roster. Let's, all, let's do this. The, some of the matches that we never got to see, some of the challenges for the women's NXT championship that we never got to see, uh, with Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross, like I want to see all of those now, and Peyton, and Peyton Royce for that matter. We never really got to see those on the level that we could today. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, I'm here for it. Like I, I, I don't, I don't mind Peyton being. I, I love the Iconics. I don't mind them being broken yep. up if that means Peyton gets an actual legit title shot and opportunity against Oscar. But one wonders because Oscar has been portrayed as being so incredibly dominant. Yeah. Is are any of these women, you know, perceived by WWE as being at the level to take down Oscar, or not even WWE by the fans? Would anyone would we be satisfied if Peyton beat Oscar? Would we be satisfied if Mickey beat Oscar? Look how mad you know we I mean? were when Charlotte tapped her out. That's what I'm saying, Charlotte. So, so <laughs> would we, right? Would we be mad if Lana tapped out Oscar? Yes, we would. We we'd burn things. Good down. Good lord! But my my Stanford point is, would burn. <laughs> <laughs> TV sets being thrown out the window all over America. Right. Yeah, no, that, okay, but the, the, the point that I'm trying to, mention, to, to make here is there's not a, a depth of women on Raw that feel like legitimate contenders for Asuka, and they've got to work to build those up, whether it's presenting Mickey in a better way than they had the last couple of weeks, whether it's bringing Peyton up and making her look legitimate after being in the Iconics, which is going to take some work as well. Um, you know, whatever it is, they're going to have to do some work here. Yeah. And I, I don't know how much this match was was that work. Like, Mickey's Mickey. I don't feel like she's stronger or less strong than she ever has been, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. She's, she's about always the same kind of been Right. Yeah. So. Kyle threw another 100 bits in and said, I'm all for running back Asuka and Mickey again. I especially like the subtle reference for Mickey calling Asuka one of the greatest, an upgrade from her TakeOver 2016 promo, calling Asuka good, not great, like her. But I'm annoyed it comes with Mean Girls and, again, is delaying Shayna Asuka. Yeah, I think Agreed. that's what I'm hung up on Agreed the most, man, the is, is, is Shayna Asuka. That we, we never, Asuka relinquished, Shayna ended up winning it there. We never got to see those two really go at it. And I think that's what I was excited about. And I think why I'm mostly pissed off. Yes, it's easy f- to, for you guys to like say, oh, Nick doesn't like it because of Nia. No, I don't like it because I wanted Shayna Asuka harder than anything that I've wanted recently. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see those two rip each other apart. And it's funny because Andy actually took the words out of my mouth over here. I was waiting for you to, to bring her up, but he, Andy brings up Bianca Belair. Yeah. And the fact that she really hadn't been doing a whole yes, lot. Yes, I had, Andy, to answer your question. On the show. Unfortunately. Um, whether or not she would be facing Peyton going forward because she did have a little bit of an issue with the Iconics or what. Here's the thing with Bianca Belair. She is someone who legitimately looks like she could take out Asuka. You, do you have Oscar's first feud be against someone who can take her out and have her feud be a short one because Bianca needs that win? 
or do you feed someone like Mickey James to Asuka, yeah. someone who's legitimate, who she can have a good feud with and then beat, and Mickey can go away because Bruce Pritchard hates her or hates her husband. And <laughs> speculation. And, uh, and then, you know, have Asuka move on to somebody else that she can beat, like a Peyton Royce. And then ultimately end up with a Shayna Baszler or a Bianca Belair where you're not sure, if, you know, if she's going to win or, n- or not. Yeah. So, and possibly have her lose to a new star. Good point. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm hoping they're going with this. But right now, as with many things with WWE, you just never know. You never know. You got to cross your fingers that they know what they're doing because a lot of times they are flying by the seat of a 75-year-old man's pants. Yep. Uh, speaking of flying by the seat of their pants, Raw Underground, something that came out of seat of someone's pants. Titus more, O'Neil uh, came out swinging. Good Titus Lord, Titus. Neil. <laughs> you know, we, we crap on Raw Underground. I just crapped on Raw Underground. And I, I will say this. It's letting us see other sides of some superstars, like Titus, Titus O'Neil coming out in black jeans, shirtless, and out there beating down dudes. Beating them down. Like proper takedowns, grounded uh, uh, pounds. Uh, uh. Oh, that was good. That was good stuff. Until he ran into Riddick Moss. Right. Who, damn, Riddick's a big boy. He stood up next to Titus O'Neil like, damn, Riddick. I knew you were big. I didn't know you were that big. Good Lord. No wonder Vince likes you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case y'all are wondering why Riddick Moss has not been on TV more, he has a brother who has cystic fibrosis, which is why he had to take off during... He, had, he was set for a big push before the pandemic, and uh, because of everything, he had to go take care of his brother and not you know, break the bubble and didn't want to come to WWE during all this. But apparently now that all these other measures are in place, he's feeling more safe about it. So that's why we're now starting to see the Riddick Moss push now. Uh, he and Titus had like a clash of the Titans right there in and out of the ring all over the place. But ultimately Riddick one shot KO just one punch looked great. Took that took out Titus. This was actually a lot of fun. And one of my favorite matches I've seen on raw underground to be honest that with you. That was really good. I really enjoyed some, that some some lame punches, but overall pretty good. Esme showed up dropping bits. Oh, Thousand bits. Thank you very Thank much, you, Esme. Esme. I'm late, and it's officially time to put up Halloween decorations. Indeed. Yep, I've, already, I've already got some up around the place already. I just had a shot of pumpkin spice Baileys before coming on this show, so <laughs> I'm with you, Esme. Of course you did. Of course I did. <laughs> Come on now. <sighs> so, Nick, let's let's talk about the tag division. It's, it's time. We okay. got to do it. We got to do it. Angel Garza Where are and my Andrade. <laughs> I'm going to go draw a warm bath. I'll be right back. Guess (laughs) Guess who Angel Garza and Andrade faced? What other tag team did they face on this Raw? Uh, Street Profits. Yes. I guess. Again, for the billionth time. Are you getting flashbacks to Riot Squad versus Bailey and Sasha? Because I'm getting flashbacks to that, that interminable feud where there was no other tag teams so that has had them doing it over and over and over and there was no build to the feud there was no long term story it was just it just kept going we're just we're doing this some more uh, and really the only story here was Angel Garza brought out Demi what's her name Demi Duda ringside. Demi Duda took off his shirt ringside she was she was petting on his pecs you know so it's it's a war right now between uh, between Angel Garza and Ivar for for the attention of Demi. So is this a which, tag team match, or are, is Vince doing all of this to get Demi front and center? And the actual story of what's being told here is the Ivar versus Garza 
Love triangle. We can't even tell a proper tag team story. We have to have bowling and spear throwing and poisoning and you know <sighs> D-list reality show stars getting involved in it. That's that's what they're that's what we're being told about the tag division is that's what's like it's it's more interesting to find out that Demi from The Bachelor is interested in turkey legs and Garza dongs, which are essentially the same thing. Yeah. Then then we then we are in actual tag matches. Well, I mean Garza's Latino so, heat was showing this week. I mean, just good lord that those those pants come off and just like oh god, <laughs> my, <laughs> I can't know. What's wrong, Nick? Are no. you intimidated by the Garza dongs? I'm not looking at it. It's just, what is just, wrong? You cannot avoid it. It's all I over have to TV. watch the match, but I can't like. It's in every corner simultaneously, <laughs> including your mother's corner. But oh. that's the thing: is this match didn't have a proper ending because Retribution came out. Retribution came out, broke up the end, chased everybody off, uh, and uh, the first person that, that ran was Angel Garza. Grabbed Demi and pff, took off. You know, that's an honorable thing to do. I, I, was, was. I respect was that a, to save your woman. I appreciate absolutely. that. Absolutely. And he was backstage. She was like, why did we run? Your friends were there. He's like, they are trained fighters. They can, they can handle themselves. I have, to save, I have to save you and my dong. <laughs> yeah. And so as they walked backstage and, and she was like, okay, well, that's very true. He's like, all I, all I am concerned about is your safety. I want to make sure that you are safe. Yeah. That's all that matters to me, my love. And she goes, oh, that's very sweet of you. And then Retribution breaks in the door backstage Hucking around security, which Adam Pierce had called for earlier. A nice touch, by the way. Yeah. A very nice touch of I, Adam I Pierce. I like that. Screaming at his security guards about security. This, it was what we always talk about, Nick. Little moments. 30 seconds, and you just established what's going on backstage with Retribution. Mwah, loved it. Yeah. But Retribution busts through the door. Angel Garza, we turn the camera back around. He's already halfway out. The, he's gone. <laughs> he left Demi alone. She's just like, what? What? <laughs> Where did you go? I'm out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm saving the dong first. Yeah. He's gone. <laughs> Uh, forget about you. I can find more. I have more roses, one for everybody. Yeah. So he's gone. I don't know why he's French all of a sudden. Yeah. But he, he takes off, leaves her there. So all of this was, again, as you said, Nick, more about the gag with Angel and about Retribution than about the tag. The tag match was irrelevant. Yeah, this, this Irre Irrelevant. The whole match was more of a staging ground to do two different things, one with Retribution, yeah. one with Garza versus Ivar. And if, if we're going to have that be a feud, then damn it, are we going to have a, a long, Demi on a pole a match? Story. You know? <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, Man, Kyle threw another 100 I am bits. biting my tongue so hard at that. You Please read Kyle's thing before I get in trouble here. Go ahead. <laughs> Kyle threw 100 bits and it said it firmly feels that uh, after Thunderdome, both Retribution and Raw Underground died, and all we see now is the zombie here. Uh, it's been over a month, and they are running in place on both. For God's sakes, they ran cut content from last week for Raw Underground. Did they really? Some of it, yes. Oh, God. They, they, it's, it seems to be a bit of a jumbled mess at this point. They, they need to get this under control, and I think they were just rushing so hard to get through... SummerSlam and then Payback that maybe now when they have a couple of weeks to just sit down and calm down. It was really chaotic. August was an insanely chaotic month for WWE. We know that. Maybe now that things can settle down, they can get things lined up more back on track. Mm. We, hope. we hope. We hope. Maybe they can figure out what they want to do with their tag division. Maybe they finally settle what's going on with Ivar and Demi and, and Garza. Or not. I don't really care. Maybe they could give Andrade a character again. Maybe. I don't know. All of these things could possibly happen. Um, they, maybe they could finally tell us what's going on with Retribution. The rumor right now is Retribution is going to be Raw exclusive. That's the brand they're landing on. And given mm. that Raw has more time, 
three hours to tell more stories. That sounds good. Given that Retribution right now is still including, as of this week, Dijak and Mia Yim, that would also be really cool because of their relationship with Keith Lee. That could be cool if they keep that from NXT. So, yeah. But the problem with Retribution is, okay, pay it off. We don't care at this point. Pay it off. So Jacob, What's going on? Jacob had a highlighted message here. He said, all I'm saying is Demi and Retribution debuted on the same episode. I'm just saying. Man, that's I also that's took, some I, that's some conspiracy theory shit right there. I, I also listen, took I also, I also, I also took a, I, what, what's that? Andy said, "Oh, it's uh yeah, I was thinking this too, Andy, after watching Raw last night. I'm not I'm not over Adam Pierce having a part in this retribution thing. That, that would be could fun. be a double That could be fun. Thing. Yeah, the idea that, you know, because Demi and Retribution debuted on the same show. I mean, I took a crap that day, but it doesn't mean that that's related to Retribution right. somehow. Although it is in some sort of <laughs> metaphorical sense. It did happen on the same day. It did happen on the I'm just saying. I took a crap, and apparently so did WWE. But that being said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how they land that ship, if it's landable at this point. Because it's, it is, they are stretching it to the point of breaking at this point, in, in, in my opinion. Another thing that's being stretched all the way out is the 24-7 championship. We had a little bit this week that actually, I'm not going to lie, Nick, I laugh my ass off at this. Largely because Akira Tozawa is, is just a goddamn treasure. Because he drove into the parking lot, uh, parking garage, in his van, full of his ninjas. Got stopped by the security guard at the front. And the guy said, you're not on the list. He's like, who are you? Said, I'm Akira Tozawa. And these are my ninjas. Guy's like, I'm sorry, you're not on the list. Tozawa gets flustered. He's like, I'm the 24-7 champ. You're not on the list. So Tozawa hops out of the car, grabs the guy's list, and checks it. And he goes, this is blank. And then he checks the guy's jacket, unzips it. It's a ref. Oh, our truth comes out of the booth, pins Tozawa, takes 24-7 championship. Tozawa's beside himself. He grabs the ref, throws him into the minivan, and drives off, leaving a ninja behind. Missed opportunity to have that ninja run after the van like Naruto. I'm just saying. But uh, that being said, funny little bit because Tozawa's facial expressions and timing are absolutely amazing. And the yep. more you can have him do with our truth, the happier I am. It's just, it's getting a little redundant. And, and he drove off and left one of his ninjas behind. That's what I just said. Yeah. I Sorry, to- I was distracted because Billy not only subscribed himself with a tier one sub, but oh. then he comes back for the redux and drops five gifted subs. To those Ooh. several folks in the chat, Craig Frosties, Ryan at Rogaton, Gunsmoke, all of you guys that got gifted subs from Billy. Whoa. Be sure to send him some love. Thank you so much, Billy. I really appreciate nice, that. Billy, man. thank you. That's Guy fantastic. Shows up. Welcome to the welcome back to the show, brother. I know you've been having able to catch it for a while. That's awesome. Came man, Kevin, coming back and stop. You get a sub, and you get a <laughs> sub, and you get a sub. Thank you, Billy. Awesome, thank you. man. Thank you, brother. Uh, so I, that's, I, I loved this with the uh, that was with Tozawa and everything, man. That was yeah. it was. I like little skits like this, and and I don't. I've lost track of whether or not I care about our truth and the championship. I love the skits. I, I love the theater of it all. It's, sure, it's fun. It's a nice break between the <laughs> Gen- things gender getting on. pinned on a plane. You know that sure. kind of thing. Like, yeah. let's let's go crazy. Let's have fun. Yeah. Kind of thing. I mean, the, hey, man, the more TV time you get to t- Akira Tozawa being funny, the happier I am, too. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yep. 
So that was Raw, Nick. It, what did you think? Like overall, was it a step in the right direction? We've been kind of down on Raw lately. Um, a lot of the segments had meaning. I felt I felt like they had purpose. They had stakes. They're driving us towards something. Obviously, some ups and downs on this. Shout out to Simon Miller. But uh, <laughs> what did you think overall about the show? I, I liked it. I, I I liked it. I didn't hate it. That's 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 the that's that's kind Usually of a, what that's a good means, answer. Yeah. I I yeah. normally don't like a lot of a lot of these weekly shows. But I didn't hate this one. I really enjoyed it. I thought there was a lot of really good storytelling. We didn't really get a lot of wrestling, but there was a lot of a lot of stories being developed and things like that. We've moved on very quickly from Payback and we're moving on very quickly to Clash coming in 3 weeks. Okay. I like when we spend more than a week building to a pay-per-view. That's <laughs> Right, so let's let's actually let's move on from SummerSlam and Payback, and let's look ahead to to Clash, yeah. and then on to Hell in a Cell next month. And okay, right. let's have a good couple of months. September and October are always a good time. We'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, we have the same kind of result on Friday for SmackDown. We'll see. Yeah, it's SmackDown's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Lots of interesting stuff over there. Lots of lots of grist. For the mill, if you will, lots of things to talk about, which is what we do here. But we don't just talk about WWE, Nick. Oh, no. We also talk about New Japan. And before we get into New Japan, I got to jump in one more time. Kyle snuck 100 bits in there. Thank you very much for all these bits, man. Uh, There is something I find intrinsically funny about Akira Tozawa driving around his ninjas in a minivan like a soccer mom. I hope they do more with that. Give the ninjas juice boxes and everything. Um, I listen. I want to make sure that that's not Sue's new van from Trent Trent's mom. You're crossing your streams here, man. I, I know. You're crossing I, promotions. Ooh. You're no. You're crossing promotions. I mean, like me talking about the ninjas over in New Japan. Well, they're not in New Japan because New Japan is about serious wrestling, <laughs> and we had some serious wrestling on Saturday night at yeah. Summer Struggle, where. Uh, my goodness, we had some titles changing hands. This was actually a really fantastic pay-per-view. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. Lots of good wrestling across the board. Lots of high drama. And as I said, titles changing hands. If you don't want to know what happens, you want to just go watch it, you better dip out now because I'm going to tell you all about what I'm, happened. I'm going to take all these spoilers to the chin because uh, I have not seen it yet. This very busy weekend. Well, but I'll tell you right now, some of this not going to matter if you see the outcome because some of these matches were just badass. The first one was not badass. Yoshinobu Kanemaru versus Master Wato, owner of the worst gimmick in wrestling right now, right. Uh, but still a good wrestler. Did not have the best match to open up the card. A couple of botches, a bit of an awkward match, and, and just it's Master Wato. I don't care. Sure. Um, but it was fine. It was there. It was what it was. But then we had the finals of the King of Pro Wrestling tournament, Fatal 4-Way, Toru Yano versus mm. El Desperado versus Sonata versus Okada. Coming into this, the 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 uh, the votes were uh, people who thought who was going to win. Fifty four percent to Okada, and then Sonata was the next most likely, followed by Toru Yano, and El Desperado was the least. I think like something like seven percent thought Desperado might win it. Well, I've got some strange news for you. Toru Yano upset. Pinned Okada after a low blow when the ref wasn't looking in a schoolboy. I'll say that again. In the year of our Lord, 2020, Toru Yano pinned Kazuchika Okada to become the king of pro wrestling. He will hold the briefcase until the end of the year unless he has to face somebody else 
who could then take it from him. So if he holds it to the end of the year, the Master Thief will be your King of Pro Wrestling 2020, which I can't think... I can think of some other ways to describe 2020, but Toru Yano being the King of Pro Wrestling 2020 is just a really elegant way of, exp- of just expressing this year right there. I'm going to come back to this in one second. Oh, okay. Because chat's wilding out. Uh-oh. Um, Jacob... Not to be outdone, dropped another five gifted subs. Dang, dude, dude. Wow. Uh, th- if you got a gifted sub from Jacob, make sure to send him the love. Thank you so much, Jacob. Really appreciate all of this, guys. You Thank guys you, are brother. amazing. Very cool. yeah. And uh, awesome. and and our good Brad Shepard dropped three hundred bits. Said just because, man. And and Thank you see you. what yeah. you guys have done. Do you That's see awesome. what you have done? You have now started <laughs> off a hype train. Jesse, Jesse in there is uh, two, 200 bits says because sh- sh- you can. That's awesome. Thank because you. Because you can. Thank you, guys. We're already almost done with level two. Good love, Lord. Uh, love, so, okay. Love you guys. Not only has he pinned Kazuchika Okada in 2020. Yes. Am I remembering right that he has also pinned Naito, or was that last year? He's pinned everybody at some time or another. Like, that's the thing about Toriano. He's a comedy character, but part of the thing, he's a master thief. He's going to steal that win. He's gotten so many wins over Minoru Suzuki over the years. <laughs> Like, that's part of his gimmick is you never know he could do this. Like, I'm honestly, while I am surprised, I'm not shocked. I actually I'm thought not. this was going to be Sonata. I thought I thought they were going to give him a, a nice little nudge here. Maybe not yeah, a full push, I, but a nudge. This is I, I think this is a lot more exciting because now Toriano can run around defending this thing for the rest of the year and give us lots of entertainment as a result. Holy smokes. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really good. The more I think about it's, it, I can't wait to go watch that match. No, it's you. You're. It's a lot of fun, and um, it's a lot of fun. The next match, I don't know if I could call it fun, but it sure was awesome to watch. Shingo Takagi versus Minoru Suzuki, and when I say those names, the first thing you think of, and the first thing I thought of before I saw this match was, oh man, these guys are going to go to war. Guess what? They went to absolute war. We knew this was coming after last week. I I'm still hurting. I'm bruised from this match. There was just. Stiff strikes that would have broken a card, a, a, a big two by four. You got headbutts in this match. They beat the absolute crap out of each other. This was two guys. The story of the match was who can take the most pain and still stay standing. That was literally the story of this match. Oh. If you like people hitting each other for like for real, really hard, you'll like this match. It was absolutely brutal. And in the end, it came down to who could withstand more. And ultimately, Minoru Suzuki got uh, Shingo into a, a sleeper hold, as he does, to set up for the Gotch-style pile driver. He kept going for it, couldn't quite get it, couldn't quite get it, but eventually beat down Shingo so much that with a point to the sky and a tear in his eye, Minoru Suzuki landed the Gotch-style pile driver, and he is your new never-open-weight champion. Wow. Mm. If you remember the last time he was champion... He was like backstage pouring beers on the belt and being like, I can do whatever I want to this belt because no one can take it from me. Come at me, bro. And never is kind of like the scrapper's belt. It's yeah. like it's the hard-hitting belt. So Minoru having that belt is so exciting. Was that the one a couple of three years ago when he and Goto had the the hair match, or was that just a straight hair match? I think it was a straight hair match. It wasn't for the never I thought belt. that was for the never. Okay. Uh, I got to uh, catch up real quick because chat's think. still wild now. Jesse with a 1,000 bits trying to Whoa. boost the hype train. Thank you so much. Uh, Esme dropped in 100 bits and scrolling. I can't keep up. Says runaway train, and I'm not talking about the John Voight movie. 
<laughs> I'm not talking about the soul, uh, soul, soul asylum. asylum right? uh, Sheppy, good Brad Shepard with another 200 bit said, sorry, Jesse, I can only give 200 more. Jesse says, I'm now awake with another 100 bits. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much, everybody. This so is, is amazing. Nick, Jesse, so it's okay. We all, I'm we up all now. made it. For, yeah, for, no kidding. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, and only a little bit more to go in the show, so I think we're all going to make it. Uh, Taiji Ishimori and he'll, oh, oh, it's a Hiromu match. Hold on. I got to bring down, uh, uh, got to bring down the cat. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi defended his junior heavyweight championship against Taiji Ishimori, Ishimori bone soldier. Yeah. And, uh, this was a bit of a story because the last time they faced each other was in the finals of the best of super juniors and Hiromu won in a match that was absolutely terrifying. Too many people going way too far down concrete steps. But uh, here, Hiromu was back. His arm has been injured, not legitimately, but kayfabe. He's got a bum shoulder. And Taiji Ishimori basically just took advantage of that and tried to rip his shoulder off the entire match. Unfortunately, it meant that it wasn't that exciting of a match because it was basically Hiromu selling for most of the time. But ultimately, he did tap out in the label lock, the yes lock, in the middle of the ring. Hiromu Takahashi, no longer your junior heavyweight champion. Hold on. Here, let me cover the cat's ears. No longer your junior heavyweight champion, Taiji Ishimori, is your new junior heavyweight champion. I wasn't. Wow. I wasn't ready for that. It just. Yeah, had, I'm it, shocked. He just got it. Well, he brought it up with Will Osprey earlier this year. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to have someone else in the junior division that is on Hiroma's level. That that can that can face him. Is like, he believable though? I mean, oh, I yeah. guess he is now, but I I wouldn't after what Hiromu's gone through since his return, I wouldn't have expected this. This this really caught me off guard. I mean, Taiji, they both were toe to toeing heavyweights in the New Japan Cup, mm. both Hiromu and Taiji. So I think they both raised their level at that point. So, and this was basically a story about how Taiji just had Hiromu's number in this match. So it was good. It was a, it was a lot of it was a and it was still an entertaining match, even though. It was nowhere near what they're both capable of doing. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they turn this around if they if Hiromu comes back for it or how where, how he comes where, back. Where, where, he's what, had where a, do we go from here? You know, we've, we're going to have the G one here still. I think in about a month. Lost so. his mind when Evil betrayed them, and then Evil beat him down, and it's just Hiromu's having a hard time right now. Mm. Sorry. Mm. Uh, they're still going. Uh, Billy uh, with another hundred <laughs> bits because I want to. Thank you, Billy. Yes. Oh my God, they're coming in faster than I can scroll. Uh, Esme with a hundred bits says more bits because Billy was kind enough to find near dark for me. Oh, did he? Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Jesse Hell with yes. another hundred bits. God, you guys. Just because. Thank you, guys. Oh, and Esme, I need to know what you think about near dark. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Oh, I was going to watch it this weekend, but I had the parental units in town. Make them watch it. No. They'll love it. No. It's got cowboys in it. No. I don't know. No. Next up, Tai Chi. <sighs> And Zack Sabre Jr., dangerous techers, facing uh, the Golden Aces, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi for the umpteenth time. They've been going on. They've been warring for most of this year. So the dangerous techers have had the tag championships for a while, and they've just had Tanahashi and, and Ibushi's number. They just keep taking out Tanahashi's leg. Tanahashi has had to go get in better shape so he can actually stand next to Kota Ibushi and not look like a slob, which is pretty much everybody in the world because no one looks as good as Kota Ibushi with his shirt off. Mm. Um, that being said, this was bizarre. I, this, th everything was set up to be, this is the time that Tanahashi and Ibushi get theirs back. They're on the same page. Tanahashi is rehabbed. He's looking good. But damn it, they lost. 
Tai Chi and Zach Sabre Jr. just looked like Hiroshi had him with a high fly flow. Tai Chi missed it. He missed Tai Chi. Zach Sabre Jr. came in. Dragon Screw, Black Mephisto, one, two, three. Dangerous Techers retain. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. This was two bizarre. Of, two of the best modern New Japan wrestlers in a team got beat by Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, I wanted to toss my TV out the window at that point. Y'all know how I feel about Tai Chi. <sighs> that aside. So, <laughs> luckily, though, that wasn't the end of the show. So, they were, they were able to take, after the bad taste that left in, in my mouth, we then went on to the main event, Naito versus Evenu. Evenu! For the double championships, the Intercontinental and Heavyweight Championship belts, uh, this by, the, by this time, this was an outdoor stadium, Jingo Stadium, a baseball stadium. Uh, and it was beautiful. We had daylight and then the beautiful sunset while this was all happening. By this time, it was nighttime, which was very appropriate because evil came out and it looked very evil. Everything is darkness. Yes. <laughs> um, and everything is also cheating. Dick Togo, of course, with him. And just the whole match was them just trying to cheat. As you would expect, it's what it's, you've come to expect with this. But this time, something different happened. When the rest of Bullet Club came out to try to help them cheat to win this match, finally, Los Ingobernables came out to back up Naito. And the story here was that Naito kept telling them, no, don't, no, don't. And finally, they were like, screw you, dude. We're going to help you. And they came out to help him. Chased off Bullet Club, and it came down to just Naito and Evil alone. And even though there was a slightly botched ref spot, we finally had the moment where Naito was able to hit Destino and took out Ivru and got his belts back. Naito is once again your Intercontinental and IWGP heavyweight champion of New Japan. And the show went out with Naito posing in the ring, fist in the air, under these beautiful fireworks in the background. Absolutely amazing image. Really, really awesome. He was talking about how when he was a kid, he came and saw New Japan in that very stadium. So coming back there and winning the championships there was a huge Huge deal for him. So, so he actually really, cares about the titles now, apparently. Yeah, this was, I think, the ultimate redemption of Naito. It's yeah. where he, he shows he really does care. You know, so it was... I, it, they're, they're still telling that Naito story, and I love it. I love that this is now we're in the redemption of Naito angle. I so, mean, I was... So, stuff. let's catch up here. That, that is amazing. Uh, I was under the impression that we had another m maybe four to six weeks until the G1 kicked off. I hadn't looked at the date. Jacob informed me in the chat. It actually starts here in, in two to three weeks on the 19th. I had no idea. Okay. So yep. there are several things coming out of Summer Struggle that have serious implications. Huge. In the G1. Yeah. Toru Yano beat Okada, Desperado, and Sonata. Yes. Naito yes. has his belts back. Suzuki's your new never open weight champion. <laughs> Jay White's back Fighting Spirit Unleashed is this Friday Jay White's facing Flip Gordon in the main event uh, Hikaleo is back he returned from Rev Pro he'll be facing King Carl Fredericks will be facing Mysterioso oh that'll you've be good got, so Fred Rosser if you don't know who that is remember Darren Young yeah yeah Chicken Wing Bob Backlund yep Bob Backlund uh, he's back as well he's in New Japan now as Fred Rosser he and Alex Zane are facing off against Clark Connors and the DKC so Fighting Spirit unleashes this Friday and Jay White's back. This is one of the things I wanted to mention. So yeah, we are, we are setting up for a big fall for New Japan, and they were able to get a, a, a pretty big crowd wow. in that stadium. So we had, we had noise as well. So, Do we know the venue stuff. yet for the G1? Uh, it's going to be all over. I don't know if we'll be in 
Was it? Are they still uh, going to go around to all the different places, correctly. or because of COVID, are they going to keep everything in one place where they can control it? I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately. Okay. I don't. That's something I'd be curious about. If, if they're still yeah. going to do the the tour, you know, through Kurikin and you know all of the different places. That's I one of the, my favorite parts of it. Is you go to all the different places, and the crowds always look different. But if there's no crowds, then I mean, that was the other thing. Did they, I didn't watch it, guys? So I'm curious. Did they have fans? Was it a full they're, house? They're saying, yeah, Osaka Prefectural Gym um, is one of the places that they're they're holding it. So, huh? Apparently, they are going out, and I mean, a no, no kickoff in Dallas this time. I'm I'm betting though. <laughs> um. This says Sumo Hall still. Still says uh, this, the finals are in Sumo Hall, Ryogoku. Wow. So that's on their official website. So we shall see. Kyle said he's calling his shot. Hiromu is winning the G1. Oh, <laughs> uh, to face Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. They did build up that, uh, that match earlier that never happened. That's true. I mean, considering how many people they have in the main event picture, that would be a wild take by New Japan. But you know what you know what they say when you're in New Japan you got to trust the man in the gato doon 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 the gato doon 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 That's not all we got to talk about today Nick that was New Japan we got to really quickly if you're not watching it already we'll tell you why you should go and watch Impact uh, so we're having about Tonight for the Impact Heavyweight Championship, Eddie Edwards Indeed. versus Eric Young. Ian, yeah, how did we coming, get to this? Coming off I'm, his defense, I'm behind on my impact. Yeah, no, it's it's been good. Eric Young actually just kind of did some shooting on Vince this week too, where he said it's Vince's fault. Uh, anything that's happened in WWE, if it's if it's a problem, it's Vince's failure. He said the buck stops with Vince for ups and downs. He's like, if you can't find a place to put me, then your failure is a promoter. So he's been taking shots at Vince. Um, and it's, it says something. He's already in the heavyweight title picture over in Impact, facing off with Eddie Edwards, who, as I said, defended against RVD last week successfully. Sammy Callahan's also mad at RVD because he says the reason he's not in the heavyweight title picture is because of RVD. So he and RVD are also they're having a match tonight, uh, as well as Ace Austin and Madman Fulton teaming up against the Rascals. They didn't like the Rascals making fun of them. Which, you know, who does? No. And over in Wrestle House, which is one of the most fun gimmicks on wrestling TV right now, it's absolutely ridiculous. And just you'd have to sit down and just be like, all right, I'm into it. Uh, Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary are having a Wrestle House match, winner take all. And by all, I mean Johnny Bravo, uh, who apparently has expressed feelings for Rosemary. So all of that happening tonight on Impact. For those of you who have not already watched it, who want to go watch it, I don't want to spoil anything. So I won't say any more than that, but it's a pretty good lineup over there on Impact. It may be like, the underdog brand, maybe the third most watched thing in the U.S. as far as wrestling is concerned, but still worth a watch. So once we get out of here in a couple of minutes, maybe go check out Impact. Maybe go check out New Japan. There's alternatives out there, and you can check those out. But, Nick, we got to get out of here. But first things first, we have to do what we like to call our moment of positivity. Mop. That's right. The mop, the moment of positivity brought to you by Sean Clark, the mop man himself, because we like to end this show on an up note, a positive beat, something that sends you back out in the world with a smile on your face and none of the negativity that so often happens on these kinds of wrestling podcasts mm. where we sit here and bitch about all the things we don't like. Hashtag my wrestling. But here we are to talk about the things we did like 
the number one things we liked. So, Nick, what was, since our last episode, so uh, Payback, New Japan, uh, Raw, what was, what was your moment of positivity for this show? I think, in, in a weird way, I'm happy Dominic has actually delivered. And I mean this outside of all joking and all Nick booking stuff aside. I'm very happy and excited that Dominic has come out and shown that he, he does have a future in this business. He looked fantastic at SummerSlam. He looked fanta- even better at Payback. And he looked fantastic last night taking out Buddy Murphy from behind and then having a decent match with Seth Rollins again. Yes, I'm, and I'm all, res- o- all, respect, all respect due, but I mean, he does have a pretty nice dance partner in Seth. Sure. But he still looked good on his own accord. Totally he could have still come out there and just completely blown it and looked yes. amateur as hell. And we got to get away from the, deep, the, the, the performance center deep arm drags soon and soon. You're, you're going to be a friggin' lucha flyer, dude. So, but I, I, don't, I don't hate them, right? I, I love everything he's doing. I think the story is developing. I do want to see it. I'd like to see it continue. I'd like to see them turn him against Ray. <laughs> Here comes the Nick booking. You're not that's my real dad. Wanted. That's what you've always wanted, though. You want him yes. coming out in the Sin Cara mask and being like, Forget uh, the mask. Dad, I- Forget the mask. Oh, I just oh. want the you're not I my can't. real dad uh, just tantrum where it, he just completely turns on Ray. That's what I. Anyway, mm-hmm. point being, uh, I'm very happy for Dominic. I'm very happy that he's doing well. He looks fantastic. I'm excited to see. What he the dude he's like twenty two isn't he? He's young twenty one twenty two got a lot ahead of him. It, just so excited for his potential. What about yeah. you, Syrian Dangerous? What Agreed. was your moment of? It was very there, tempting of me to say something from New Japan, but I don't think that's fair. There's no. so much that happened because I haven't watched it yet. I there is no way after Payback and Monday Night Raw that my mop can be anything else but. Exactly. <laughs> There's no, there's no way I can't have it be Keith Lee. Yeah. Come on, yeah. man. How long have we been proselytizing about Keith Lee on this show? Nearly the entire length of the show. And here he is getting the biggest rocket. I, can, I've, I can't remember the last time I've seen a guy get a rocket this big strapped to him. Holy Hello. crap. Beat Randy Orton. Beat Randy Orton. Clean as a whistle in his first pay-per-view match a week after debuting. I mean, we thought Matt Riddle beating AJ Styles in his first night was big. This is bigger. Yeah. This is insane. I don't care what you say about his music. I don't care what you say about his outfits. Holy freaking crap, man. Yeah. That's insanity. And then to, just to be protected so much, even on, uh, on the second Raw he's been on, it's, it, it warms me, Nick, in a way I've not felt in an age. It warms my cockles it's, and my subcockles. Hello. We're not talking about Angel Garza. Oh, what I'm saying is Keith Lee. This, the, you know, here's a guy who obviously we like in the show. You guys are probably sick of us saying <laughs> how we, much we love Keith Lee, um, but at the same time, like a genu- really just a genuinely sweet, wonderful, positive guy in real life, and to have this kind of success on this level is just that. That is my moment of positivity. I I, I can't. Uh, I like I've been saying for a week now. I can't wait to see his his twenty four and chronicle in three weeks when he has the <laughs> WWE championship. Because that at this rate, that man's going to be champion in the next month. What What do you think the chances are? They started a three sixty five on him sometime before he won the North American Championship. <sighs> Can you imagine? Yes. Three sixty five. Look at all the footage it, we just got end up it from next Braun. year WrestleMania when he faces uh, Roman Reigns for the heavyweight championship. Oh, 
I'm just saying. After he wins the Royal Rumble in January? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's gonna. He's going to. <laughs> He's gonna. I called that shot a year ago. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you're, you're gonna go two for two. You called Drew. Called you Drew. Call Keith. Called Keith. Yeah. This happening a lot faster than I thought it would. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Me too. It's crazy. Me, me too. If, Rewind the clocks. Previous two weeks ago, right? You can do one of those banners. <laughs> Previously on you know, Busted Wide Keith Open. Keith Lee's going to win the Royal Rumble, and he's going to go on to uh, to face the Fiend at WrestleMania. <laughs> two yep. weeks later. What? He beat Randy <laughs> Orton. What? What? <laughs> All right. Yay. Yes. <laughs> oh, times <sighs> move so quickly. And he said his mop is Sasha and Bailey were not on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> we yes we get a little break we get a little break but it's yeah, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that is our show that was raw that was new japan go watch impact nxt is on right now too thank you for everyone who's in twitch sticking around with us there's so many other options you could be watching we really cannot tell you how much we greatly appreciate it. you guys are all awesome thank you to everyone out there listening to us in the podcast youtube twitch wherever universe you guys are phenomenal yes Stay phenomenal. I lost track of all of the subs and gifted subs and all the bits tonight, guys. That It was absolutely amazing. Thank you guys so much for all of the support, and I, I hope you know it means the world to us, uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I got to sneak in another 100 bits from, from Jesse. Thank you so much, well, Jesse. Oh, my goodness. She threw in, Jesse, a, she threw in a Nick booking. I guess that was talking about my Dominic stuff then. Oh, yes. gosh. Thank you guys for all the support, for hanging out with us right here on Twitch. If you're listening to this on audio, you're missing out on a good time. I hope you're picking up on that, and you can make time to come find us over at <laughs> twitch.tv slash open. Come watch the VODs. Even if you can't make it for the live stream, instead of listening to the audio, come watch the videos. Throw it up on your TV with the Twitch app. Anything you yeah. can do, because I promise you it's a lot more fun to watch. Than see our, our, to. Beautiful, our beautiful faces yes. and Nick's hairy face. And my hairy face, yes. Yes. Uh, also, come join our Facebook discussion group. Like our page over there as well. Make sure you get into our Discord community. We're about to have a lot of private chats or like pay-per-view chats, I should say, dedicated to each of these pay-per-views that are coming up. So make sure you get into the Discord links down below or you can find it pinned mm -hmm. across our social media. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash open to get access to BWO Daily every day all throughout the week. Uh, patrons, thank you guys so much for all of your support as well. We do have annual subscriptions now available for a 10% discount if you prefer to pay upfront like that. Uh, you can get a discount for us. So if you're a hardcore ride or die BWO for the next 12 months, save yourself some money yeah. and go ahead and get signed up and convert your subscription to an annual one. You can always change that as you go as well uh, throughout the year uh, in case you wanted to maybe go from the 5 to the 10. It's up to you. But that is the place, patreon.com slash BWO, best place to support the show as well as coming and watching and hanging out and chat with us live. Thank you guys again for, for doing that. But if you want bonus episodes, patrons pick'ems challenge, listener or patron questions for the mailbag every Saturday, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. We are not going to raid tonight because Nick wants to go watch a 60-minute man Iron, 60 minute Iron Man 60 man Iron Man match. Good 60, Lord, 60-minute 60 60 Iron you, Man match. You have my attention. <laughs> wow. Greatest Royal Rumble of my ass. <laughs> there you go. Woo! But thank you very much, guys, for tuning in and hanging out with us tonight. Uh, my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.